So in one of our previous episodes, we looked at addiction and we focus on addiction to Instagram as an example. Uh, Because many people in this modern world might find themselves scrolling through social media more often than they would like. And if you think that's you, then perhaps this episode is just right for you. Because today we are going to be discussing digital detoxes and detoxes from technology in general. To explore this topic, we are joined by Andrew Selapak. Andrew is a program coordinator and lecturer in the Department of Media Production Management and Technology at the University of Florida. And in today's episode, we will discuss how you can implement a digital detox, what this consists of, and steps you can take to implement a digital detox in your life, and just generally to have a healthier relationship with technology. Now, if you like this episode, some previous episodes you might enjoy are mapping the avenues of addiction in our brains, which I mentioned at the start of this episode, the rise of TikTok, what are the components of a successful social media platform and understanding the dangers of social media. I teach at the University of Florida in Gainesville, Florida. It's North Central Florida. Um, everyone hears Florida and they think Miami. It's actually a really big state. There's there's a lot <laughs> to the, the state. I've been at the University of Florida since 2007 when I started the PhD program here. Uh, graduated in 2011 and have been teaching at UF ever since. Uh, currently, I'm teaching four classes. One is on sports media. One is entertainment media. One is social media. And the fourth class is a media writing class uh, where we cover everything from writing online to TV and film to social media. So if it involves media, I'm probably teaching it. And I've taught news reporting in the past as well. So every form of media I've done something with. Fantastic. Well, I'm glad to have you on here. We'll definitely need your knowledge when it comes to the social media element, I think, because uh, that seems to me maybe, from my perspective, one of the key motivators for what makes digital detoxing so hard. Now, I'd love to start with the simple question of like, what is a digital detox and what technology does it usually involve? Like, for example, could you just give up your phone and that would count? Or would you have to go like completely Amish in order to do a digital detox? Well, you know, I, th- I think it's one of those things that the the idea of going completely Amish or just, um, you know, moving on top of a mountain where there's no Internet, no electricity is not going to happen for most people. So I I think when we talk about a digital detox, the first thing to keep in mind is that uh, if you're just going to try to go cold turkey, uh, probably not going to happen or happen for very long. So a digital detox really is kind of a continuum from that sort of living on top of a mountain Amish to the other end, which is, you know, kind of, I'm just going to leave my phone in the other room right now. Uh, I'm going to watch this movie with the phone in the other room and not even be tempted to grab it while I'm trying to enjoy a movie. Um, Or it could be something as simple as when you're on vacation, uh, you know, maybe keeping the phone in your bag rather than readily available in your pocket for you to grab in an instant to take pictures. So a a digital detox, I think, again, if, if we're being honest with ourselves, is really difficult to do completely. Um, So I I think it is kind of a sliding scale in in terms of uh, how much we want to remove ourselves from being sort of always connected. Yeah, I I can understand that in today's modern world, when I think about it, I'm someone that lives abroad. So I live far away from my family and friends and my phone and technology is really one of the main ways that I can stay in contact with my family. So that would be very hard to disconnect from that. And on top of that, now that COVID has hit, we're 
more remote than ever. So we're very much reliant on uh, technology for, for yeah, more than just the uh, enjoyment and the uh, social media. So you mentioned a few of those um, possible ways of implementing a digital detox realistically. Do you have any others that you can share with us? Any other kind of like routines or ideas that um, might benefit our audience if they are planning on doing a digital detox? Oh, sure. There's, and again, because it's, because I look at it as this continuum and just how much you want to kind of separate yourself from technology. One of the big things to keep in mind is that it's not just so much that we check our phones. It's the notifications that we get on our phones. And these notifications are one of the big drivers as to why we grab it, why we look at it, why we have our face kind of, you know, always with this cell phone light kind of shining on us. And you can do something as simple as turn off notifications. You know, you turn off your notifications and that phone is not binging and buzzing and constantly reminding you, hey, there's something to look at. There's something to look at. Um, you know, some people have their phone kind of constantly on vibrator or even, uh, you know, turned off to the extent it's not vibrating or giving them a notification. Uh, you could also remove some of the social media apps from your phone. Uh, you, you go back to the sort of the pre-smartphone days we didn't have the same kind of need and, and desire to constantly be on because you couldn't, you know, if you wanted to check your MySpace page, you had to be sitting in front of a computer or sitting in front of a, a laptop. But now we're looking at these things constantly when we're on the bus, when we're waiting for something, we're waiting in line for a cup of coffee, we are, you know, trying to fall asleep, it's a commercial break, we're doing anything. So some of it can be, again, it, it's sort of as simple as turn off notifications, delete some of the apps off of your phone. Um, you know, I, I know another thing that really comes up in terms of how often we look at our phone, and, and I'm very guilty of it. It's the last thing I look at at night and the first thing I look at in the morning. And sometimes it wakes me up in the middle of the night and I grab it, and look and see what the notifications are. And that's just, hey, put the phone in another room when you're sleeping. Don't, don't have the phone in the room with you. And it's, it's again, it's, it's about kind of cutting down um, on how much you're using it. We're not, we're not talking about kind of as much of, as, of an addiction as it is. Um, it's still a tool. It's, it's a tool that, you know, we can use. It's just how much we decide we need to unnecessarily use it. It's not an addiction like a drug that's always harmful for you. Um, so it's a lot, a lot of it is about just kind of cutting back rather than eliminating completely. Yeah, I have to say on the point you made about leaving your phone outside the room, that's something that I've been doing for a while now, I think maybe like a year or so. I have to say it's, it's really good, not necessarily because I don't look at it in the evening. That's not really such an issue for me. But it's more the fact that I forget about my phone at the start of the day. So I often will get up and within the first like half an hour, so even an hour, I'll forget that my phone even exists. Whereas whenever I have my phone within arm's reach uh, of my bed, then it's almost always the first thing I look at. So, I mean, I understand that can be difficult. One thing that I have found hard about that is most people use their phone as their alarms. <laughs> what I do is I just <laughs> try and like, I suppose, put it near to my room. <laughs> so it's like just on the outside of my room. Uh, so I can still hear the alarm or actually, no, I, I, I bought, a. I just haven't used it for a while. I bought another alarm. They're easy to buy. You can buy for like a few bucks. Even you can get one of those simple, uh, alarms and, um, Alar that alarm clocks are not expensive. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. you know what the sad thing is I have, I, I use my phone as my alarm clock. Um, and I have an alarm clock 
that is right next to it every night. And mm -hmm. I just never said it. And, and it's, it's sitting there and it, it kind of looks at me every morning, like I could have helped you with this. And, and I'm grabbing my phone instead to turn off the alarm or more, more than likely hit the snooze button. Yeah. 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 On my phone. That's the one good thing that I've found about um, at least putting my phone outside the room, even though I do have an alarm that I could use within my room. I find that I often find myself getting up to go turn it off from another room. And by that time I've kind of woken up a bit. So it, I think if anything, it does help me um, prevent switching on that snooze button. But yeah, I, I do have a quick question. I'd love to know before we go further, like, have you gone through a digital detox yourself? And if so, what did it involve? And what did you find like the hardest aspects of it being? I wouldn't say it was a self-imposed digital detox. Um, it was, uh, you know, as you know, uh, you know we, we had that kind of brief conversation before we started recording of you, know, you being in another country and you know for an american uh our cell phones they don't quite work the same as they seem to in every other country um and i've been traveling abroad where you know your cell phone is basically just this pocket weight that you keep with you until you can find wi-fi um and and there is an aspect of again it wasn't a self-imposed sort of detox but you know, during a, a, a trip to Ireland, just, okay, I can't go on my phone because there's no internet access that I have. So I'm just going to enjoy what I'm doing. I'm going to enjoy talking to the people around me. I'm going to interact with strangers. Uh, you know, you're, you're kind of going back in time a bit to realizing that there's interpersonal communication skills you can rely on uh, when need be. And, you know, that was a big part of it. And, and you know, it, it does make for such a different experience when you're not sort of constantly trying to fill the time. And I think that's, that's really a big part of it. What we have with our cell phone is we, we don't quite, a, we don't quite like that quiet space anymore. We, we need uh, something to be interacting with us. We can't simply just look around and enjoy. And, and that happens for us if we go hiking. You know, you, we all know people who go hiking and they've got to take a picture of every leaf and every rock that they see while they're hiking. Or, you know, they're on vacation somewhere and it's like, oh, here's me doing this. Here's me doing that. Here's me doing this. And you wonder if they went on vacation just to take pictures or to actually enjoy the vacation. So, um, I, like I said, I wouldn't say I, I've been on the, the, the sort of full detox on purpose before. Um, I have done things on my own um, to kind of limit how much I'm using. I'm leaving the phone literally upstairs uh, to where I'm going to go. I'm just going to watch this movie and not let anything else bother me because I really want to get into it. But in terms of doing a, a sort of complete non-going sort of analog with my life, it's only been while traveling. Hopefully you're enjoying the show. And if you are, make sure you subscribe and never miss an episode. You can find us on all your usual podcast sites, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, and a whole lot more, including YouTube. And we want to hear what you think. So be sure to leave us a review. Just search Brains Bite Back wherever you get your podcasts. Pretty early on in this conversation, I was thinking, you know, we're probably going to discuss tips and methods for how to have healthier relationships with our phones. But I think realistically, it's not just like how you physically deal with these things, but also mentally, because you're, you're right. You touched on something like 
I can't remember the, the words you use specifically, but no one likes the, the quiet or the silence or like the doing nothing. There's that need to constantly be entertained. And I think it is something quite instinctive that when we have a moment to ourselves or when we have a moment, we're not doing anything. We want to check on things. We want to check Instagram or social media or whatever it is that we spend our hours doing on our phone. And I think that maybe the first step isn't just necessarily physically implementing things to help with the detox, but mentally. Uh, one thing that we discussed on this show quite a lot, and I'm a big fan of, I'd like to do more of, if only I was more disciplined, but is meditation. I'm not sure if that's something that's come up within your, your history of like social media and digital detoxing. There is an aspect, um, you know, just living in the moment um, that I, I think comes about, um, you know, and, and there's obviously lots of psychology that goes into um, this idea that, you know, you really just need to kind of live. Um, and, and uh, you know, I've, I've gone um, on trips I've done study abroad trips through the University of Florida where we've gone to other countries. And, and again, uh, it's a little different for Americans. We're not necessarily known as, as uh, world travelers as much as others. But, you know, I've, I've told the students, hey, you know, if we're going here or there, look at the thing, take in the thing, whatever it is. If we're at a museum, if we're seeing architecture, if we're seeing anything, take it in for a moment. Then take out your phone, take the picture, take the selfie, whatever you're going to do, but literally get that opportunity to kind of experience it in a way that only you will have that moment. It's not something that you're taking a picture of to share so that you can have it with people back home thinking they're going to look at it and care, but literally have that moment that's just to you. And, you know, I, I think that's something that we don't do too often. I, I think too often we are uh, again, the, our social media addiction is leading us to everything that we see and do. We take pictures of, take video of thinking some of this is going to get shared on social media. And instead, I think it's just, it's helpful. It's beneficial. It's healthy to, to take that time of just taking that breath and looking at whatever it is that thing is, that's just for you. That's just a memory for you. Nobody else is part of it. Nobody else can share in it. Yeah, and those are the memories that I, I think will last definitely, not the stuff you see on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and you know I, I I was thinking about it just in this in this conversation here. Um, obviously, with COVID, traveling has been you know next to nothing. Mm. Um, and my last trip overseas was in 2019, and I was in Prague. And my parents have have never been to Prague. They'll never get a chance to go to Prague. Um, but there's just some absolutely, absolutely gorgeous things there. And, um, you know, what I did my first couple of days was I really kept my phone in my pocket. I, I, I was smart enough this time to pay for the international data so that I could use my phone to post to wherever I wanted at any given time. But I spent the first couple of days just kind of looking around and, and seeing everything. And I had been there before, but just taking it in for myself and, and, you know, looking at whether it was the astronomical clock or, um, you know, going to, you know, at really anything. Um, and then after a couple of days, I thought, okay, I'm now going to get some pictures and video, and this is going to be what I'm going to show my parents when I come back to the U S because again, like, I, I think there is something almost, I don't want to call it. I was gonna, was gonna call it noble for a second, but that's a bit of an exaggeration. But there, there is something I think 
good about the fact that if we are traveling and doing these things and we want other people who may not get that same opportunity to see what exists out there and see what they might be missing. Um, but I think that's not necessarily why we're using social media so much. It's not, oh my God, you're not going to ever, you may never see this. So I want you to know what it looks like. I think it's, hey, you're not here with me. You're at home living your boring life. Look at how exciting my life is and what I'm looking at. Uh, be jealous of me. So I, I think that's where we are a little bit too much on social media and, and need to kind of maybe come back a little bit. Yeah, I definitely think it's probably a good idea to ask yourself, why are you posting this? If it is for the former, then yeah, it's valuable. But if it's for the latter, then maybe you need to have a sit down and think about <laughs> where you're going in life. <laughs> but, um, and and I'll, yeah, mean, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest though, I, I know people whose jobs it is to be um, kind of travel influencers. And you know mm. what, more power to you. I wish I had that life sometimes. Yeah. Um, and I know people who, you know, what they do to make money is that they're traveling, going to different places. And it could be, again, as an influencer, it could be because they're a travel reporter working for different media outlets. And, you know, God bless them for having a really interesting job. But that's sort of the exception rather than the rule. Most of us engage in what's called self-image manipulation, where we're, you know, basically presenting the human highlight reel when we use social media. And, you know, you know that's, I think once we come to the realization of, hey, guess what? Not only is that not your real life, that's not my real life either. And maybe we will take that extra second or breath to kind of enjoy places uh, for what they are, not for their uh, potential Instagram ability. Yeah, for sure. I always, I find it weird as much as I do envy those people that do get to travel and post on Instagram and live these luxurious lives, thanks to their followers and the accounts they have. I also feel like in a way they're kind of a slave to their accounts and they have to post and they have to keep this up. Um, so I, I don't know if I would enjoy it as much as maybe it, uh, it looks like a lot of fun, but um, maybe they'd feel the same about podcasting. Maybe they'd feel, oh damn, I'd have to <laughs> get up, grab a mic and start talking. Um, Your life is so tough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I shouldn't complain. But anyway, um, one thing that I did want to take away from this conversation, and we've covered a lot of what I was looking to, to really uh, discuss with you, is the idea, I suppose I thought of digital detox going into this as something that should be implemented like now and then. Uh, but I suppose really the goal is to have a consistently healthy relationship with technology, uh, with certain limits, and maybe understanding like what you're using, just being conscious really of how you're using it. But how do you think like digital detoxes can work in that sense? Like, do you foresee them as something which can be implemented and then afterwards you can slowly come back to it? Or I suppose in the long run, how can this help with having a, a healthier relationship with technology, if that makes sense? I mean, I think, again, you can compare it to a lot of different things. You can compare it to even like a diet. You know, if, if you try to do, um, you know, a crash diet and just go, all right, I'm going to cut out all carbs. I'm going to cut out all, all sugar and I'm going to eat nothing but uh, vegetables. That diet will last two days before you give up. And then all of a sudden you're binging on every cake and cookie that you can find. Um, it, it's sort of like that as well. It, it's, you know, it's okay to have a cheat day. It's, it's okay to uh, maybe decide, all right, between 5 and 6 p.m., that'll be my time to go on to social media to go look at things. 
Um, but I, I think, you know, we've just gotten to such a point where it's such an integral part of our lives. You're talking about earlier how it's, you know, how you keep in touch with family back home using it. It's not just sort of a diversion or a form of entertainment. It's, it's literally a form of communication. It's a tool that we need. And it's a tool that a lot of people for their jobs need. And, you know, so I don't think it's this thing that we can just say, all right, I'm, I'm going to go cold turkey. Uh, that's not realistic. But it's having that healthier relationship with it, which is the same again as dieting. It's okay, I'm, I'm not going to try to tomorrow cut out all the carbs and all the sugar, but it might be all right, you know, I, I don't need dessert after dinner tomorrow or I don't need that second helping with lunch, or uh, you know what, maybe for my breakfast, instead of eggs and bacon and all the good things, or I guess, you know, you being from Bristol, when you have the baked beans in there, um, you know, it's better to go, I'm going to have a banana and I'm going to have maybe uh, some trail mix, you know, something that's healthier, still eating, you know, still I'm not, I'm not cutting out everything, but just having that healthier relationship with it. Because again, it, it's not something I think you can, you can either A, completely separate yourself off from, and B, I think if you try to go cold turkey, what will ha happen is you're going to relapse and, and it'll be even worse. Yeah, I think that's a really good analogy. I've never really thought of it along those lines. And it is kind of like a, a diet in the sense that food is necessary. We have to consume mm -hmm. it. So, but then obviously consuming it responsibly is uh something that we'll need to manage throughout our entire life really and i think technology is going to be no different um certainly like yeah like you've said uh, it's incredibly important for my work and uh also just for keeping up with family members and you mentioning baked beans i completely forgot about them for a while and uh <laughs> i'm really looking forward to having them as as i mentioned before i'm going home next week uh for the first time back to uk in two and a half years and uh, that's that's brought a smile on my face. The thought of having baked beans once again. I was going to say, like, if, if I do, I was saying that, and I was thinking, if I don't get any kind of points for bringing up baked beans <laughs> with an English breakfast, I'm going to be disappointed by this. Uh, yeah, don't worry, I'm I'm very happy. Um, so yeah, you've made you've made me happy, and I'll be even happier once I I get myself an English breakfast once I'm back home. So what's 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 even uh, this is completely off topic. But what's what's interesting is um, here in Florida we have a grocery store, Publix, and they have an international aisle. And depending on uh, which one you go into, sometimes they have a little British Isles small section. And being in the British Isles section a couple of weeks ago. I got a can of baked beans so I can have with a breakfast coming up. And they also had a can of mushy peas. And I was like, God, I've, I haven't had mushy peas in years. And I'm, I'm so looking forward to, to having that with a meal coming up. I have to say baked beans, I'm a big fan of mushy peas, mushy peas less so. But uh, yeah, they're <laughs> definitely a popular part of our diet back home. And uh, who knows, I might just uh, tuck into a can maybe just for the sake of it once I'm back. <laughs> but hey at least at least your your people and my people we've skipped the vegemite so we've at least <laughs> one there yeah 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 we can agree on that now andrew those are that's really everything i wanted to discuss today and i think we got a lot of that out of that conversation certainly i did now if people do want to follow you or keep up with what you're doing how can they do that uh probably the easiest way is just twitter uh, um you know I, i'm again it's one of those things kind of like with you 
for what I do, I've got to be on social media and Twitter and literally every account that I'm on is all a Celepac. And that gets into the social media branding, which is one of the th things I teach in my classes. So it's a Celepac literally everywhere. Um, if, if you want to find my Pinterest, there it is. <laughs> so it's, it's a Celepac on everything. Well, yeah. Thank you for joining me today. Um, I've really enjoyed it, Andrew. I enjoyed it as well and have safe travels back home. I hope you get a nice big English breakfast, all the toast beans. Uh, if, correct me if I'm wrong. Is that also going to be tomato and mushrooms? Uh, yes, although I don't like mushrooms, so I, I'll <laughs> I won't have that on there. But uh, yeah, something along those lines. And uh, yeah, I, I'm, I cannot wait. I, I, you know what? I, I miss it too. It's one, of the, it's one of my favorite meals when I'm over there. Growing a company has many hurdles, from securing funding to expanding your business capabilities to ranking better on search, each business challenge is uniquely complex. The solution to these challenges is growth-focused digital PR and marketing, and that's where our sponsor Publicize comes in. Publicize sets itself apart from traditional PR companies. It does not charge large retainers or churns out press releases whether you've got a newsworthy announcement or not. Publicize builds on your business's online presence and gets high quality PR and media coverage for startups and entrepreneurs who are priced out of a broken PR industry. And for a limited time only, exclusive to Brains Bite Back listeners, you can receive a social media assessment as part of your package for any tier of service at no extra charge with this special promotion. To find out more, visit publicize.co slash bbb. That's publicize.co slash bbb. This is the end of today's show. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this and you want to hear more episodes just like it, then follow and subscribe to Brains Bite Back wherever you get your podcasts. We're also available on YouTube under the channel of our publication, The Sociable. Just search Brains Bite Back and you'll find all of our episodes there. We really love hearing what you have to say. So leave us a review on iTunes or on any other podcasting platform to let us know what you think. You can also reach out on Twitter at, at The Sociable. And finally, go to sociable.co where you can find all our episodes and plenty of articles on topics just like this. Thanks again for joining us and until next time, stay safe and stay healthy.